I remember when I was uh, first starting to go out into the workforce as a teenager, you know, to get a job, and I remember some advice that, you know, my parents gave me that I'm sure many of your parents gave you as you kind of started to look for a job and even a career, and that was find what you love to do and then find a way to get paid for it. That's going to make you a very happy and successful person. So find something that you really love to do and then find a way to get paid for it. Because then you'll love your job. You'll love getting up every day. You'll love what you do. Well, there are some companies that really understand how important it is to have their employees love where they work and love what they do. And the way that they love on their employees makes everybody want to go and work for these companies. And so I want to give you a couple of examples. There is a company, an online retailer called um, Zappos. And here's some of the things that they do. They honor their employee of the month or hero of the month. They have a mini parade in their honor with noisemakers. They have the song, I Need a Hero, being played on the loudspeakers. They get covered parking and a $150 gift card. They have ice cream trucks, live animals, a yoga studio, and a game room on site for all staff. Now that seems like a place you would love to work. There's all kinds of good stuff going on. But let's take it up a notch. Let's go to Facebook, right? Everybody knows Facebook. Here's what Facebook does. They have bars, cafes, pubs, and outdoor barbecues on site. All the food is free there. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Free wash and fold laundry service, haircuts, and a concierge service. Full video arcade, barbershop, dentist, healthcare, valet parking, and dry cleaning on site. Free housing for interns who, by the way, make $7,000 per month. My application has been submitted. Let me just say that, okay? <laughs> they pay 100% of your medical, dental, and vision, and they give you $4,000 in baby cash, whether you have or adopt a child. I mean, would you not love to work at a place like that? I mean, the way that they treat their employees, how could you not want to be there? Then lastly, let's go to the big one, Google. Everybody knows Google. Here's what Google does. Free on-site haircuts, lap pulls, wave pulls, eyebrow trimming. I didn't know that was a thing. That, that's free. Apparently a bunch of hairy eyebrows at Google. Three full meals every day, unlimited snacks, free laundry and uh, dry cleaning, on-site car wash, massage, yoga, child care assistance, $12,000 in tuition reimbursement per year. And if an employee dies, they pay the spouse of that employee 50% of that employee's salary for 10 years years. I mean, wow. How do you not want to work there, right? I mean, what an incredible environment. Like, that'd be a place that most people say, I would love to work there because of the way they treat their employees. Shouldn't the church be that way? Shouldn't the church be a place people say, I would love to be a part of that culture and that community because of the way that they treat each other and the way that they love one another? Well, as we look here in the book of Nehemiah and we come up to chapter 5, there was a lack of love that was happening within the community. And so Nehemiah addresses this. But what Nehemiah kind of shows and what we're going to talk about today, that in order to have big faith and no fear, you can't just love people. You have to have an action-oriented love. And that is very different than love. I know we celebrate Valentine's Day coming up this week. But the kind of love that God demonstrates and that God calls you and I to is an action-oriented oriented love. So let's take a look at this. We're going to take a look at Nehemiah chapter 5. 
We're going to go through some verses, take a break, and then talk for a couple of minutes and then go through some other verses. So Nehemiah chapter 5, again, if you've got your Bibles, encourage you bring your Bibles to church, bring them up on phone, be in the Word. So often we don't read the Bible, but we also don't let the Bible read us. So bring your Bibles, bring them out. That's what we got them for. So here, starting at chapter 5. Now the men and their wives raised a great outcry against their fellow Jews. Some were saying, we and our sons and daughters are numerous. In order for us to eat and stay alive, we must get grain. Others were saying, we are mortgaging our fields, our vineyards, and our homes to get grain during the famine. Still others were saying, we have had to borrow money to pay the king's tax on our fields and vineyards. Although we are all of the same flesh and blood as our fellow Jews, and though our children are good as theirs, yet we have to subject our sons and daughters to slavery. Some of our daughters have already been enslaved, but we are powerless because our fields and our vineyards belong to others. And we're going to stop there for, for just a second. So what was happening is there was kind of class warfare going on. There were certain Jews that were oppressing other Jews. And people were struggling and people weren't able to eat and people weren't able to, to have money to buy grain and to feed their families. And so they're having to go to great extremes in order to do this. And so what they were doing was they were having to borrow money and the people they were borrowing the money from were giving an interest rate that was just ridiculous. They couldn't pay it back. It got so bad that people were selling their kids into slavery, giving their daughters away in marriage because people were trying to profit off of others. There was clearly a lack of love that was going on. Now that is completely contradictory to how God calls us to be. Because not only are we called to love one another, we're called to have an action-oriented love. And this is something that God reminds the people of here in Leviticus. Leviticus 25 says this, If one of your countrymen becomes poor and is unable to support himself among you, help him as you would an alien or a temporary resident, so he can continue to live among you. Do not take interest of any kind from him, but fear your God so that your countrymen may continue to live among you. You must not lend him money at interest or sell him food at a profit. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt to give you the land of Canaan and to be your God. So what God is saying here is first, you've got to love people the right way. You've got to try to meet their needs. Don't try to take advantage of them. And then God reminds the people that his love towards them is action oriented. He says, I brought you out of Egypt. I brought you out of slavery. God's love for his people is an action oriented love. It's not just lip service. We often say, I love this. I love that. But what God demonstrates for us is he loves his people in action. He brought them out of slavery. When they had to go through the Red Sea, he parted the Red Sea. God's love is an action-oriented love. That's what was lacking in the community that Nehemiah was addressing. Sometimes that's what's lacking in our lives, that we love things and we love people, but is it an action-oriented love? And we struggle to do that because it takes big faith, no fear, to have an action-oriented love. And the reason is people may not accept it. People may reject it. People may not appreciate it. You may try to show somebody love in actions and they may say, I don't want your help. I don't need your help. They may not even say thank you for your help. But that doesn't mean we're not called to an action-oriented love. It's not enough just to say, I love this person. We've got to take action in loving. See, that's what was happening in this community. People were not having an action-oriented love. 
And so Nehemiah, hearing the outcries of the people, seeing the people that are struggling, didn't just say, well, I love these people, they'll work it out. He says, I'm going to take action. I'm going to address this. So let's pick back up here, starting at verse 6. Nehemiah says, When I heard their outcry and these charges, I was very angry. I pondered them in my mind and accused the nobles and officials. I told them, you are charging your own people interest. So I called together a large meeting to deal with them and said, as far as possible, we have bought back our fellow Jews who were sold to the Gentiles. Now you are selling your own people only for them to be sold back to us. They kept quiet because they could find nothing to say. So I continued, what you're doing is not right. Shouldn't you walk in the fear of God to avoid the reproach of our Gentile enemies? I and my brothers and my men are also lending the people money and grain. But let us stop charging interest. Give back to them immediately their fields, vineyards, olive groves, and houses, and also the interest you are charging them. 1% of the money, grain, new wine, and olive oil. What you see happening here is first, Nehemiah's love is an action-oriented love. And those with Nehemiah had an action-oriented love. They were lending money. They were providing things. They were trying to model what God had always done for the people. And that's an action-oriented love. But he brings the people together. He brings the nobles. He brings the leaders. And he says, guys, what are we doing here? We're oppressing our fellow brothers and sisters. What are we doing? We're not loving people the way that God loves us, which is sacrificially. And he says, guys, we can't do this. But what scripture tells us is how we are supposed to love one another. It says this in Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven 37 through 39. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. See, God commands us to have an action-oriented love. First, we've got to love God with all our heart, all our soul, all our mind, all our strength. I mean, give God everything. Not just lip service, but everything. Then we've got to love our neighbor. And our neighbor is not the person that physically lives next to us. It's anybody that God brings into our pathway. It could be that person at Target. It could be that person driving in the car. It can be someone in school. We've got to love people the way that God loves us. And how does God love us? With an action-oriented love. But see, what the people were doing is they kind of had a selfish love. They were looking out for themselves. They were taking advantage of other people, taxing them and giving them interest. Sometimes we can kind of get caught up in that self-love. It's all about loving ourselves and not having an action-oriented love for other people. You know, that's why sometimes people say, you know, why do you guys do the things you do as a church? I, I had a guy in our community had the nicest thing to say about us. He says, I love that your church is always doing things for the community. And I want to show just a couple of photos if you didn't see these. Uh, last weekend, we were able to go up and work the concession stands at Bennington High School and then host fifth quarter uh, for a bunch of middle school kids. And we do that not just to be nice. We do that because that's the kind of action-oriented love that God calls us to. We want our community to know that we love them. Not just in words, not just in worship, but in service. That's the model that we are called to do. How do we love people with an action-oriented love? It's the most important thing that we can do. Because that's what God models for us. Think about this. John 3.16 Probably the most well-known verse of all the Bible and all the world. 
let's pick apart that verse for a second. It says, for God so loved the world. Stop there for a second. God loves you. God loves his creation. God loves the world. He could have stopped there and that would have been good enough. For God so loved the world, here it comes, that he sent his one and only son to die on the cross. And those that believe in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Do you see how God's love is an action-oriented love? God just doesn't love us. God doesn't just make the sun rise. God doesn't just provide for all of us. God sent his only son to die for our sins. That's the kind of action-oriented love that we are called to have for others. See, big faith, no fear, isn't just about love. It's about an action-oriented love. It's about a love that changes people. It's about a love that transforms people's lives. You can say, I love you to somebody, and that's great, and do it. But how do you show them? What action are you taking that conveys love? There is a fantastic book called The Five Love Languages. Some of you may have heard it. Some of you may have read it. It's a book that I know Christy and I read before we got married. And it's a book that I require of anybody that I do marriage counseling to read. Because what it talks about is everybody's love language is different. Some people need to hear, I love you. Some people need to see, I love you, through acts of service. Some people experience love through touch. But it's understanding how we show love to one another. And so Nehemiah gets the people together and says, guys, we are not showing people love. We're showing them fear. And so Nehemiah then picks back up and he says this. After he addresses all the people, the people hear it, they say, we will give it back, they said. And we will not demand anything more from them. We will do as you say. Then I summoned the priests and made the nobles and officials take an oath to do what they had promised. I also shook out the folds of my robe and said, in this way, may God shake out their house and possessions anyone who does not keep this promise. So may such a person be shaken out and emptied. At this time, the whole assembly said, amen, and praise the Lord. And the people did as they had promised. We are commanded to love one another. Jesus gives this command in John 13. A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Love is a command. Love is an action. Love is a choice. We love to have it be a feeling. February 14th is all about a feeling. But we need to understand what love is. And we need to have a love that is so action-oriented that it changes people. There was a young man who took this verse very seriously. His name was Tim. And he understood that it wasn't enough to say that he loved a group of people. He wanted to do something. He wanted to have an action-oriented love that would change people. So he had an idea. And it was an idea that was bigger than him. And it was going to be, have to be a God thing for it to happen because he was just one person. But when God calls us to things, we got to have big faith and no fear and say, God, I'm going to try to have an action-oriented love and I'm just one person and I don't know how this is going to happen, but God, you're going to do it. And so Tim prayed and Tim prayed and Tim used the resources that he has. And let's fast forward a couple of years. And right now, Tim's action-oriented love ministry is in every state in this country and it is across the world and it was just celebrated just a few nights ago. I'm talking about Tim Tebow. 
former Florida Gator quarterback, former NFL quarterback, current minor league baseball player, and he had a night. It's called A Night to Shine. I think we've got a couple of pictures that we're going to put up there. And it is a prom night experience for kids with special needs that are 14 and older. And this happens all over the world on February 9th. And they literally get the red carpet treatment. They have a red carpet. And the kids come and there's pictures and, and there's food and there's dancing. And it's an amazing thing that happens. Because this is what an action-oriented love is all about. It's not just saying, oh, I love those kids and I know they've got special needs and I just love them. It's saying, no, I'm going to love them with action. And I'm going to change and transform their lives. And I'd encourage you, go online. Go to TimTebowFoundation.org. Google A Night to Shine. It is unbelievable the joy and the happiness that those kids are experiencing. Do you know that there are 90,000 honored guests? Every one of them is crowned king or queen. Every one of them. There are 175,000 volunteers across the world that do this. 540 churches are involved in this. Started with one guy who wanted to do more than just say he loved a group of people. He wanted to show them. It's the same thing that's happening right now in Uganda with Dr. Tomac and Dr. Dumba. They don't just say they love people. They have an action-oriented love that they're going to travel halfway across the world and they're going to love people. And I hope you've been keeping updated on our Facebook page as we try to keep sending out their messages. They are putting their love into action. They're not just saying they have a love for people. They have an action-oriented love. And that takes big faith and no fear to travel halfway across the world and to love on people like that. That's what God has called us to. That's what Nehemiah is saying to the people. We need to do this. Let's have an action-oriented love. And you know what? When we have an action-oriented love, it changes people. It changes us and it changes other people. When we read this text, what happens was the people that were oppressed came together with their oppressors and they praised God. Now think about that. People that were oppressed came together with their oppressors and they all praised God. That's amazing. And Nehemiah reminds the people that when you take an oath, you got to meet that oath. When you say, I promise that I'm going to love somebody, you got to love somebody. We always have that, that oath at marriage. You promise to love, honor, and cherish. We're saying to people, you are taking a public oath. Nehemiah got all the leaders together and said, are you willing to take an oath that says you love people with an action-oriented love. And they said, yes. Listen to what it says. It says this in Ecclesiastes. When you make a vow to God, do not delay in fulfilling it. He has no pleasure in fools. Fulfill your vow. It is better not to vow than to make a vow and not fulfill it. Nehemiah says, guys, if you don't fulfill this, I'm going to shake you out, or God's going to shake you out like my robe. That God, our love is accountable to God. God gives us love. God sent his son, right? So God has poured his love into us. We are accountable to how it comes out of us. And if we just say, I'm just going to tell people I love them, then we're not doing it right. We've got to have an action-oriented love. We are accountable to God. God has filled up our love tank, and God says, how are you spending it? How are you spending that love? Are you spending it in giving your time and your talent and your service to other people? 
Tim Tebow's foundation has an action-oriented love. The Healing Cotty Ministry has an action-oriented love. When we do fifth quarter in the concession sense, that's an action-oriented love. When we have Galentine's tonight for all of the, the girls in our youth ministry, that's an action-oriented love that we want those girls to know that they're loved. And that's why they're getting together and they're going to learn about love, not the, ooh, he's so cute kind of love. Because no girl would be talking about that, let me be clear. But they're going to understand biblical love. That's an action-oriented love. That's what we're called to do. And it takes big faith, no fear. Uh, it's getting out of your comfort zone. It's, it's using time in a way you don't like to use time. It's, it's going and being with people that, uh, it's going to be uncomfortable. That's big faith, no fear. Nehemiah had to have big faith, no fear by telling people, guys, we're not doing this right. And look, look what happened. The people came together and they worshiped God. And they said, amen. And do you know what the word amen means? It means, may it be God as you have said. So they said, God, if you tell us to have an action-oriented love, then we're going to do it. And it's hard, and it's messy, and it's time-consuming. It is all kinds of difficult, but it's what God calls us to. And when we're faithful, God will use that. He's using that for the Healing Cotty. He uses that for the Tim Tebow Foundation. He's using that for Fifth Quarter. God will use our action-oriented love, but we've got to do it. All those companies that I mentioned, some of you probably right now have already sent your resume to Google and to Facebook, right? You're, you're ready to go. You want the free haircuts. and I don't, If you want the eyebrow trimming, I don't know. We could talk about that. But those places seem amazing. You're like, man, I want to be at those places. Shouldn't we, as the body of Christ, live and treat each other in a way that people who aren't here say, I want to be a part of that. Man. They know how to love each other. Man, they have an action-oriented love towards this community. I want to be a part of that. That's amazing. That's what God calls us to do. If you go back and look at Acts 2, that's what they had. They had this action-oriented love. When we read Acts 2, we read that no one went without. People gave possessions, sold possessions, and people said, I want to be a part of this thing called Christianity. I want to be a part of the church. That can only happen when we have an action-oriented love. Jesus, look at, look at his miracles. All action-oriented. Look at his healings. All action-oriented. Look at him going to the cross. All action-oriented love. We're going to talk about love on Wednesday. It's Valentine's Day. But what we need to understand is every day should be a day of action-oriented love for the body of Christ. It takes big faith and no fear to do that. I'm going to ask Sarah and our music ministry to come up. And I want to leave you with three things just to ponder this week, just to think about this week. Number one, is your love action-oriented? Do you have the kind of love that is always in motion, that is always action-oriented? Number two, is your love accountable to God? Do you understand that the love you've been given by God, that we're accountable to how we use that love? And number three, does your love change others? Does your love change the life of other people. That's the kind of action-oriented love God calls us to.